Good morning, Rabosai. Welcome to another wintry edition of Dafyomi. As I came in, they were just plowing the parking lot. So once everyone else gets in here, the, the uh, parking lot's going to be freshly plowed. So the snow will be gone for now until more snow falls. So Hashem is, uh, is uh, giving us a, a big bracha of snow. We asked for rain to give snow. Okay, we'll take that. It's very good. Today's daf is Ayin Gimel, which is Og, Og Mel Chabashan. So it's a remnant for that. We are still in Av, Ayin Base, which is thick. We're in the thick of it. We're actually 14 lines up on, Ahmed, on um, 72B on Ahmed Base. Our sponsors for today, for Tuesday, are the Elbaum family for the recent yard site. And in memory of Gerald Elbaum, Yaakov Kafel ben Avraham Menachem Zol, loving father of Avron, Sean, and Judah Elbaum, and, his, and loving husband of Shirley Elbaum. May his memory be a blessing and remain eternal in our hearts. Amen. And by Bracha Strimber, in loving memory of Avi Strimber, that's Avraham ben Kalman Eliezer Levi Zol, and his ninth yard site. We have a week of learning sponsor, Gail and Doug Stanger, in honor of their grandson, Etiel Mordechai Weinberg, who will become a bar mitzvah, Parshas Yisro, also be called the Torah on Shvat 23, that's coming up at Morning Minyan, so that in this unprecedented time, family members can share in the Simcha, so Mazel Tov in advance, coming right up, and a week of learning sponsor by Moshe and Devorah Wordesheim for Rafua Shlema for Yara Galit Bas Shai. So thank you to all our sponsors. And now we're going to begin on 72B, 14 lines up. We actually, we actually left off sort of in, a, in an exciting uh, spot. We were talking about the concept, the doctrine of Toa B'Devar Mitzvah, somebody making a mistake while they're trying to perform a mitzvah. <clears throat> and recall that in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yeshua had said he's potter from breaking Shabbos if he's trying to do a mitzvah. Rabbi Eliezer had argued that he's chayiv even though he's trying to do a mitzvah. And Rabbi Meir was even more liberal in the good sense of the word by the doctrine of Torah B'Tavar Mitzvah that he allowed even a cow, even a cow that was supposed to be a shlamim that was slaughtered for the sake of a Pesach, he said that too was Pater on Shabbos. And then we got into this comparison. We had asked the question about a spit of meat. There are two spits of meat, and one was nosar, and one which you can't eat, it's leftovers beyond the time to consume the carbon, and one was a fresh carbon of tzli that you're supposed to eat. And we did a comparison between those two. Rabbi Yochanan compared them to the, the last topic we were talking about. It was a very exciting topic. He says, if it was, uh, it was Ishta Nidabal, if someone lived with his, a man lived with his wife when she was in Nida, he's Chayev. But if it was Yavimto, that's his brother, his brother's deceased wife, his sister-in-law, is Pater. So then the Gemara had just explored, well, what's the difference there? That seems a little strange. They're both women. They're both Nida. Why is one Chayev? Why is one Pater? And the only Pater would be the concept of Toa B'Devar Mitzvah. He's making a mistake trying to perform a mitzvah. So we had said, I'm just speaking out the concepts because we see the Shulchan Aruch that we didn't get to see yesterday. <clears throat> we'll have time today because the daf's a little shorter on, on Ayin Gimel. That the concept here was, um, was his wife was already pregnant, so it wasn't a mitzvah of Purugu. So he said, oh, there's a mitzvah of Ona. That there's a minimum requirement for a man to live with his wife. He said that he already fulfilled that. So there's still a mitzvah. There's still a mitzvah even after that to, to do more. If the, both partners are, are uh, ready and willing, there's still a mitzvah. So no, Samach Levista. Samach Levista is the time she's expecting to see her, her nida, her regular monthly cycle. And uh, she has Vesis Kavua, it's called. It's a little bit of a review from our Gemara and Nida. It wasn't that long ago, two years ago. Uh, she has Vesis Kavua. She sees blood the same day each month or about the same time. So there is, there is a, a Vesis. 
where the couple can't be together. The Rashi and Tosos bring here its Deiraisa. They can't be together for that, uh, that time period right before she's expected to see blood. So there's really no mitzvah. So then we a- they asked, so even the Yavama, that's his deceased brother's wife that he is supposed to acquire to perform the mitzvah of Yivam. Also, there should be no mitzvah. They, they, there, there should be no, no shemitz of mitzvah, no, no shtikel mitzvah, we we'll call it, that would allow us to apply the doctrine of toa bedivar mitzvah. They says, so she would be embarrassed. not she is embarrassed. She, they haven't been man and wife yet. So that she's embarrassed to tell him about her monthly cycle. So it's interesting, the Shulchan Aruch, Paskin's uh, Lechalacha, and this is an Orach Chaim Reish Mem. So it's an Orach Chaim. This is everyday living. You need to know this. And Reish Mem is Hilchus of Tznias. So Tznias is also Halacha. It's not just a dress code that the girls' school puts out. It's actually Halacha Lemaisa. And they, they bring this concept. If a man is married, don't go above and beyond with his wife. But stick to the general guidelines that the Torah says. Now these are, these are guidelines from, from a Mishnah. And they tell us what's going on based on the man's profession. Hatayolim shepanasatan mitsuya the hem, the men of means that they have parnasa available. They have baruch hashem what to eat. They're not struggling to get by. Ein purin mas, and they're not um, paying too much tax. The tax is not depleting their estate. Anosin bechol yom every single day. Hapolim sheosin malacha beiracheres workers have to travel out of town. Lanin bechol laila babatayim but they are home at night. Pamachas beshavua the minimum is once a week. If it's their own city, they don't have to travel out of town. Twice in a week. Chamarim, donkey drivers, because that's when they're home, only once a week. Camel drivers go farther out into the wilderness. They're only home once every 30 days. Sapanim and sailors, they're only home only once in six months. Special bracha on Shabbos to be involved in this mitzvah. It's called a mitzvah, it's called a simcha here. And always on mikvah night, we had a gemara in brachos, brachos of chaf dolit, and it was about where to keep your tefillin. And it actually came up because they said that a man could tuck the open end of his tefillin bag under his pillow and keep it in his bed, afilo ishto imo, even with the, when his wife is with him. And we learned this out because one of the rebbeim sent his talmud to go fetch his tefillin from under the pillow, and the, the talmud knew it had been mikvah night the night before. So you see, they weren't... They weren't really ashamed to share that information because they needed it to teach the halacha. So mikvah night, and if he's going on a trip, if it's not you know a pity on not a pikuach nefesh, emergency, if his wife is nursing, um, it's still a mitzvah. And he he realizes in his wife she is making an effort to be around him. And she's being pleasing or appealing to him. She's adorning herself in front of him. She's, she's showing uh, that she wants to find favor in his eyes. That she's making an effort that the man should pay attention to her. A man has to look for these nonverbal cues. It's something the Rashi had pointed out in our daf that um, he's, he said, when is there a mitzvah? When, when is the mitzvah He says, He's already fulfilled his husbandly duties. If he sees, that she is appealing to him. And, and that's, this is a nonverbal communication. The Shulchan Aruch and the Rashi point out that a man, a husband, who's a, you know, trying to be a good husband, has to look for cues that are nonverbal cues in, in his wife. And we actually saw this not too long ago in Erevin Daf Kuf. In Erevin Daf Kuf, 
we had said that a one of the f- fallout concepts from the sin of Chava and Adam was the the pasuk in in uh, Bereshis chapter three verse sixteen that uh, that we to- Hashem told Chava that your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. And it, and the Mefarshim say, and the Gemara said that that she doesn't appeal directly to him. She she doesn't. She's not direct. She's indirect with her desire. And the husband has to sort of look for the look for the hints, look for the cues, look for the nonverbal communications. So we see that the Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara they're both aware that uh, women and men, women and men communicate differently. That men are very open, very verbal, and uh, women are more nonverbal. And that uh, a husband who's paying attention needs to pay attention to nonverbal cues, not just verbal cues. So we see that Baruch Hashem, our, our sages are aware that there are you know differences in the way people communicate, and we need to be aware of this. It's something that. It's an important topic to uh, to not not to overemphasize, but uh, typically in our circles, we there's a tendency to underemphasize the importance of the marital relationship and marital intimacy. And um, we we see in our sages the Gemara in Brachos. There's a famous Gemara, not just a Gemara, but it's filling. But in Brachos Samech Beis, there's a famous Gemara where uh, a rabbi is with his wife. And the Talmud crawls out from under the bed. It's the famous rabbi under the bed story. And the rabbi says, this is not Derech Eretz. It's not Derech Eretz. What are you doing under the bed? And he says, one of the most gewaldiga lines in Shas. Every, okay, every line in Shas is gewaldig. Every line in Shas is amazing. But this is one of the most gewaldig lines in Shas. He says, Rabbi, Torah hi utzricha ani. This too is Torah. Intimacy, learning how to do intimacy correctly, properly, with Kedusha, with good kavana." to make a simcha, to make a, a beautiful Jewish family. This is also Torah. It's also holy. We need to learn to do it with Kedusha and Tahara. We need to, it's, it's important also. It's as important as, as Psachim, as other things. So he, he, that was his rejoinder. You know, he, that's why the rabbi was under the bed. Lemaisa, um, <clears throat> I, I can recommend, I, I don't want to step anyone's toes, but Rabbi Eliezer Melamed has a very good sefer. Rabbi Eliezer Melamed wrote the Panini Halacha series, and they're they're very good. And his his safer on marriage on on married life is simchas habayis ubirchaser, or simchat habayit ubirchato, if to translate into Hebrew. And it's it's highly recommended. And he says uh, it's both halachic and hashkafic. He says it, it's important. It's an important part of a married couple's life. So that's Baruch Hashem. We had some time to to hit the hit that nail on the head, as we have learned about our mitzvah, someone making a mistake while they're trying to perform a mitzvah. So getting back to the two spits of meat, one nosar and one carbon. So we are 14 lines up on Ayin base. We're just starting with the daf. So the guys are coming in. Baruch Hashem, we're just starting, and the parking lot's all been plowed. And uh, if you missed the first part of the daf, it's very juicy. You'll go back here. They're recording. It's good stuff. Yeah. So Rabbi Yochanan, 14 lines up. Rabbi Yochanan, come on. Well, who is he hold like when he's making this distinction with Torah B'tavar Mitzvah? Uh, between the wife and the yibu, and the yavama, and between the the meat that's nosar and not nosar. Elamik Rabbi Yosi, does he say like Rabbi Yosi? It's not. There's a mission. Rabbi Yosi says, Rabbi Yosi Omer, Yom Tov Arishon Shel Chag, Shachalios It's the first day of Sukkot, and what does he do? With Shachach, he forgets that he's not supposed to carry out Vahotzi Esolulav Lershus Rabbim. He takes out his lulav and his all of his arba minim. To the Shusha Rabbi, now he's not supposed to do that. The, the Rabbanans say you, you can't you can't do that because it's it's usher on Shabbos. But the Rabbanans say even in a place with an eruv, even when there's an eruv and there's not an issue of hotzah, we don't take out our arba and our lulav our esrog on Shabbos, even when it's yom tov rishon and it's a mitzvah deraisa to take the arba minim. Uh, potter, so he's potter mipnei shahotzi bershus. 
because he's taking it out with permission. I understand it's not really permission because he's not supposed to take something to the Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos. We had whole prakim in Shabbos, you know, just a year ago, less than a year ago, describing moving things and through and into the Rosh Hashanah. So he's, he doesn't have Rosh Hashanah really, but he thinks he's doing a mitzvah. He wants to do a mitzvah. That's why he's taking out his Arba Minim to, you know, to go to the sukkah and to shake his Arba Minim and to go to shul and to learn how to do it and, and to, to do the mitzvah de Raisa. So because he thinks he's doing a mitzvah, he's toa bedavar mitzvah. Again, that doctrine. So he's potter from breaking Shabbos. Dilma shiny chasam. So maybe it's different there. We say he's potter. Dizmano bachul. That the time period is bachul. It's quickly evaporating. So he's, he's scared. He is behala. He's trembling that he might miss the time. Because there's only one day to take the Arba Minim Deraisa on the first day of Chag. Elo Rabbi Yeshua the Zvachim. So who's Rabbi Yochanan like? He's like Rabbi Yehoshua of the Zvachim. Now that's our Mishnah, Rabbi That's our Mishnah from the end of Sunday's daf. That if you had other Zvachim, you had a different animal, and you slaughtered it l'shem a Pesach on erev Pesach. Everyone else is slaughtering their Pesachim, and he had this sheep or this goat, and it would be an appropriate animal. It's a male. It's in the first year of life. But it wasn't. Lemaisa, it was Hulan or Lemaisa, it had been designated as a Toda, as something else. If he slaughtered at the Shem Pesach, Rabbi says he's Potter because he's Toa Bedavar Mitzvah, he's trying to do a Mitzvah. Dilmachasim Nami, Zmano Bachel. There too, heir of Pesach, Zmano Bachel. We learned about this. They would do three groups, they would be in and out, very efficient. Chak Chak, because there could be hundreds, there could be thousands, tens of thousands even, of Karbanos Pesach, of Paschal lambs going through in that one afternoon. It could be um, very. Very rushed, especially if it's Erev Shabbos, Shabbos. You know, don't have a lot of time to get all the Pesach offerings through. So that's Zmano Bachel. So he's in a hurry to get his Pesach done, and he made a mistake. And so maybe that's why he's Potter. Elik Rabbi Yeshua de Tinakus, Rabbi Yeshua of the infants that we talked about yesterday, that two babies needed a brismila. One was a Friday baby, or and the other a Saturday baby. Or in the other version, one was a Saturday baby, one was a Sunday baby. And they accidentally switched them. So he was tarud to do the mila, and he made a mistake. So Rabbi Yeshua, in some circumstances there, said potter from breaking Shabbos because he's trying to do a bris mila when it was warranted, when there was a baby that needed a bris on Shabbos. So chasam nami, zmano bachel. There too, by bris mila, zmano bachel. Why? Because he wants to do the bris on the eighth day. He wants same-day service. He wants to, you know, to do the bris on time. So he's in a hurry, and that's why he, when he gets the wrong baby, Rabbi Yeshua says he's potter. Elok Rabbi Yeshua. So Rabbi Yeshua did truma. By truma. Now, truma is the first 2% we take off of crops and we give them to Kohanim. It's called truma gedola also. It's kind of, it's the first tithe, but it's even before the first tithe. Truma is the first 2% and the first tithe is the first 10%. After that, it's on the Mishnah says by truma, haya ochil batruma. Someone thinks he's a Kohen, so he assumes he's entitled to eat truma. Vinoda, and then he becomes informed, shahu ben gerusha o ben chalutza, that in fact, you know, his father is a Kohen, but his mother, Nebuch, was divorced before the father married her, or she had had chalutza, which, remember, was the counterpart to Yibum. That if the man does not want to do Yibum to take his deceased brother's wife, he has to do a chalitza. It's chalutza now. They have to remove the sandal and spit. And that's also a psul. Interesting, it's a psul de Rabbanan, but it's always listed with Gerusha together. Gerusha and chalutza, the divorcee and the chalutza e. if that's a word. We're going to coin it right now. Those are listed as psul together, that the, the son, the offspring, if this woman married a Kohen, is not a, a kosher Kohen to do a voda anymore. Rabbi Yezer Mechayev Karen Vachomesh. Rabbi Yezer says he has to pay the Karen, the value of the truma, and the chomesh, and the one-fifth penalty. Because Lemaisa, when you, someone eats truma, they have to pay it back with the chomesh, with a penalty. Rabbi Yeshua Poter, Rabbi Yeshua is Poter, why? Because this man thought he was a Kohen. I mean, never he thought 
his yichus was good. I mean, he knows his father is Mr. Cohen, but he uh, just stame any Cohen. But his mother he didn't know about, and then he, it comes out he shouldn't have been eating the truma. Rishul says potter because again he's toeh bedivar mitzvah. Dilma kid Rav Bibi Barabai. So maybe that's only potter because of Rav Bibi Barabai's halacha. Some Rav Bibi Barabai betruma beerev pesach. This It's truma, yes, but it's chametz truma. And it's Erev Pesach, you know, and everyone's in a rush to eat those last Cheerios, Erev Pesach, you know, the Cheerios you didn't be mavatal or burn or get rid of or throw out, you know, you save that, that, that one bowl of Cheerios for the kids, and now they don't want to eat it, you know, the one time they don't want to eat honey and Cheerios is Erev Pesach, yeah, so it's always, always something. So here it's Truma, Truma Nut Cheerios, and this man who thinks he's a Kohen is trying to get rid of it very quickly, so he says, he's in a hurry, and that's why it's not a fair comparison to the two spits of meat. Inami, shiny truma, we could say truma is different. Why is truma different? Ikri avoda. Truma, eating truma, even outside the base of Mikdash, is called an avoda. We're going to see the Pasuk. The avoda, Rahmana Akshar. Not only that, it's an avoda that the Torah says is kosher, makes it kosher, but yeah, but we're going to see. The Mishnah says, Haya Omed Umakrib. A Kohen is standing at the Mizbeach and bringing karbanos. Vinoda, and then he becomes informed, Shahu ben Grusha o ben Chalutza, that his mother was previously divorced before marrying Mr. Cohen or previously undergone Chalitza. So now he realizes he's not kosher to do the avoda. So his father's a Kohen, but Nebuchadnezzar is not, does not allow him to bring karbanos. Kola karbanos kulon shehikriv al psulin. All of the offerings that he's brought on the Mizbeach, they're puzzled. They don't, they don't work. The owners of those karbanos didn't get a kapara because he wasn't a Kohen who was allowed to do the Avodah. Rabbi Yeshua Machsher, Rabbi Yeshua, again, applies this amazing doctrine of Toeh B'Devar Mitzvah. He thinks he's a Kohen. He thinks he's doing Avodah. So he's Machsher B'Devid. And we said about this Mishnah, my time with Rabbi Yeshua, what was the reasoning of Rabbi Yeshua? It's a Pasuk. Receive Barech Hashem Chelo, Ufwali Yadav Tirtzei. Hashem, this is the bracha that Maisha gives to Shevet Alevi. That Barech Hashem Chelo, Hashem will bless his strength, was the translation we normally use, is Chayl, is Kaech. Ufwali Yadav Tirtzei, and the work of his hands will be Merotzei, will find favor, will, will be Merutzei. And, there, and uh, the, the Rashi points out this amazing drasha that Rabbi Yeshua is making. This is Bekohanim Kasiv, Yasima Ketorah Be'apecha. As the pasuk of Samichlei, right after that, Barech Hashem Chaylo Chalolim Shibo. So Chaylo is not just his Chayol, his Kayach, it could also be Chalolim. And a Chalol is a not fit Kohen. Like we say, Chalol is an emptiness. In, in Ivrit, in modern Hebrew, Chalol is space, outer space is Chalol. It's, it's empty. So here it's, this Kohen is Chalol from the full Kedusha of a Kohen. Baruch Hashem, he's a, he's, a, he's a Kohen, he's a good guy, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't have the full Kedusha of a Kohen to, to bring the offerings. But even so, the Pasuk says, according to the Joshua Rabbi Yeshua, that Poel Yadav Tirtzei, that what his hand has done, it's Merutza. Now, Bidyevid, it's Merutza, but it works. It finds favor, it finds acceptance. That's Rabbi Yeshua's Drosha about the Kohen who's a Cholol, who's Ben Gerusha, Ben Chalutza. Truma Heichik Revoda. And Truma, where's Truma called in Avoda? The Tanya, there's a Brisa, my Rabbi Tarfon, our famous Rabbi Tarfon, Shloba Emish, the base Hamidra. She didn't come to Night Seder. So you see, even back then, they had night seder, and even back then, they had some of the Bacharim would skip night seder, and they'd get in trouble. The Shacharis, and the next day, Matzah Rabban Gamliel, the Rish Shiva Rabban Gamliel, comes and finds him. Why did you skip night seder? This is, this is uh, Bacharim everywhere can um, find, uh, you know, some, some camaraderie here. Avoda Avati, I was doing an Avoda, an Avoda. 
So this is a little strange because this was shortly after the Chorban Beis Mikdash. There's no more Beis Mikdash. All of your words are only divritema, you know, surprising words, shocking words, hidden words. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean there's an avoda Nebuch, we've lost the temple. This was shortly after they lost the temple. He says, Nebuch, there's no temple. What do you mean? You skip night seder do an avoda? You crazy kohanim, what are you talking about? But the Pasuk says, turning over to Ayin Gimel 73a, Avodas Matana. Now the Pasuk says in Bamidbar, Veata Uvanecha Itcha, Tishmu Eskehunatchem, you and your sons after you will guard your Kohenness, Lecholdavar Mizbeach, for everything for the Mizbeach, Umivet La Parochet, and the house of the Parochet, the, the cover between the Kodesh Kodesh Kachim, the Avadzam Avodas Matana, and you will do the Avoda, you will work the work of the Matana. Now what's the Matana? That's the Truma. So I will give to you your kahuna, and a stranger who comes close will pass away. So this is a, a command to the Kohanim, to the Bnei Aharon, to guard not just the base of Mikdash, not just the, um, the Mishkan, but also the Matana, Avodas Matana. So it's called an Avodas Matana, an Avoda of Matana. Avodas Matana etenek kehunatchem, v'zarkrev yumat. So the Baruch Hashem, the Gemara also quoted the Pazak. Asu achilas truma bigvulin, so the pasuk equi- makes equivalent eating truma bigvulin. Bigvulin is in the borders outside of the base of mikdash. Avodas base mikdash. So this pasuk puts together the avoda. At that time, it was the mishkan, and the mishkan carries over to the base of mikdash. It makes equivalent eating the matana. That's eating the truma to doing avoda in the base of mikdash. So amazingly, eating truma was equivalent to to doing avoda in the base of mikdash. Now, so Rabbi Tarfon says. I was eating truma last night. That's why I didn't come to night seder. Okay, so maybe you should have brought the truma to night seder. Maybe he's worried it would become contaminated. Maybe the other guys were not careful and they might have gotten it tamez. He was eating it at home. Everything was tahor. So I know we can understand he was doing, he had a good excuse because he was a Kohen, it's a Kohen Milchas, eating truma. So that was a good excuse not to come to night seder. Every other excuse I don't think we'll accept. But Rabbi Gamliel accepted his excuse. It's interesting, Rabbi Tarfon, we mentioned yesterday, there was a famous Seder in Bnei Barak. We mentioned this yesterday. We, we said the Pesach offerings, Einlem Kitzvah. There was no limit, and we, we riffed on that. We said that, Kolem Marbe, L'Sapar Messias Rayim, Harezim Meshubach. said that they, talking more and more in Seder is Meshubach. And we quoted the famous Seder in Bnei Barak with Rabbi Akiva. Interestingly, everyone there was a Kohen, a Levi, or Rabbi Akiva. So everyone there, Rabbi Tarfon was there. He was a Kohen, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva was ben Gerim. He was the son of Gerim. So all of the people there talking all night in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim were never in Shibat Mitzrayim. Their ancestors, their direct ancestors, were never in slavery in Egypt because the Leviim and the Gerim were not, were not physically there. So we see this is the mark of a Gadol. These were the Gadoli Adur, Rabbi Sai. And they said they were Kola Marbe. Everyone who's Marbe Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, the Sipur Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. They were up all night talking about Sheba Mitzrayim as if they were there, even though their family was not directly enslaved, because they were such a gadol that their mindset, their outlook on life was not just, well, what about me? What about my family? What about my shavit? It was every shavit. Because gadolim feel every shavit. Gadolim feel every corner of Klal Yisrael. And that's the mark of a gadol. You see Rabbi Tarfon, the rabbis in Bnei Barak, even though their family wasn't personally subjugated, they felt that pain, they felt that joy of redemption for all of Kalei Yisrael. Beautiful, two dots at the top of Ayin Gimel. If they slaughtered the carbon Pesach, not for the eaters. 
So on behalf of people who can't eat it, or people, people who are too old, too sick, they can't eat it. So then it's puzzle, and it'd be chayiv on Shabbos. Pshita, isn't that obvious? Kevin's a chasim puzzle. Since it's puzzle without, if there's no one that's available to eat it, we actually had this Mishnah 12 days ago. We said a carbon Pesach that you slaughtered and no one's available to eat it. They're all too old. They have no teeth. They're too sick. They can't do it. Um, that's puzzle. It's not a carbon Pesach. The ichor of carbon Pesach, the central point of carbon Pesach, is we're going to get together and eat it at the Pesach Seder. So that's puzzle. So hacha chayiv. So that's obvious that it's chayiv. So why do we teach this anyway in the Mishnah? We don't, we don't want to waste ink. Mishum detana seifa, because the seifa says putter. The seifa where it's v'ochlev v'shalol ochlev. We slaughtered a carbon Pesach for those who could eat it and those who can't eat it. That's putter. Tana reisha chayev. So the reisha teaches you chayev, the mirror case. Hanami peshida. Isn't it obvious that if it's people who can't eat it, that it's, it's putter because he has a valid carbon Pesach? Mishum dechasum kosher, because it's kosher there. Hacha putter. It's also potter because people could eat this carbon Pesach. It's, it's kosher. It's a valid carbon Pesach. He's not breaking Shabbos. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Because it wants, the Mishnah wants to teach us shalol yishmo, it also teaches us shalol ochlov. Those are similar psulim. Why do we have to teach shalol yishmo? Because we want to teach you the machlokas So the whole Mishnah listing all these cases is for the Iker case of Lishmo and Shlolishmo. Remember when we had a carbon Pesach, Lolishmo, they agreed it was Chayev, he's breaking Shabbos. Not supposed to shaft an uh, animal on Shabbos unless it's the carbon Pesach, Lishem, carbon Pesach. If he changes carbon Pesach to something else, it's puzzle now, and he didn't have permission to shaft on Shabbos. And then the second case, remember, this is review from yesterday, if it was a different animal, he's changing it into a carbon Pesach, Rebbe says, Chayev for breaking Shabbos because he doesn't let you switch over and he doesn't uh, subscribe to the doctrine of Toy B'Devar Mitzvah. Peshua says if it could have been a valid Pesach, he's Toy B'Devar Mitzvah. He's making a mistake trying to do a Mitzvah and he's Potter. So that is an important doctrine. As you've seen, it applies to doing bris milah, it applies to a man living with his wife, it applies to eating uh, meat, it applies to, to carrying a lulav and esrog and says, Rami, there are so many applications to this concept of Toy B'Devar Mitzvah. So it's a very important concept, so the Mishnah wanted to, to emphasize it. So Avchuna tells his son, who's going to Heder, when you go to Heder, go to ask him, So for the one who says, damaging in a wound is Pater, we're going to explain this in a moment, why is he chayiv when he slaughters a Pesach, Shlod Ochlov? The Mishnah doesn't make sense for him. Now, what is this story? Mekalka b'chabura pater. We're talking about Shabbos. Shabbos, we say to be chayiv in Shabbos, meleches machsheves be'inan. We require constructive, thoughtful acts. So if your act on Shabbos is purely destructive and doesn't accomplish anything in the long run, it's pater. That's a machlokis, actually. And there is a manda amar in the Gemara in Shabbos that's completely pater. If somebody merely breaks a window... Potter. Not, he hasn't done anything. If he breaks the glass out of the window because they need to replace the window pane, that's breaking something in order to fix it. If he breaks the glass window to get the child out of the hot car so that he can save the child's life, he's, he's doing so, he's accomplishing something. He's doing creative work, we call it on Shabbos. But if he's purely breaking something, purely damaging something, there's a mandamar that's, that's completely putter. So in our Mishnah, he's slaughtering a Pesach but there's no one going to eat it. It's a puzzle carbon entirely. No one's going to eat the thing. It's completely puzzle. You haven't done anything, have you? So why would he be chayiv? It seems to disagree with our Mishnah. Ma tiken. What's the t- what's the tiken? What has he fixed? What 
silver lining and his cloud of destruction is there. Taken, there is a fix. Im alu lo yirdu, because if the limbs of this puzzle paschal lamb went up on the mizbeach, they don't bring them down. It has this this shemitz of kedusha because he was trying to do the mitzvah. It's totally puzzle. No one's going to eat it. We we got we're supposed to get rid of this thing. We're not supposed to put it on the mizbeach. But if we put the limbs on the mizbeach, it's, it has a little bit of kedusha. We don't bring them down. Fine. So shachtu v'nimsa balmum. What if they slaughtered the animal and it was found a balmum? Chayev. That's another case in our mishnah. So according to the Mandamar Mikalka Bakabura Pater, that if you're totally breaking something without a positive result in the long run, why, why is he chayev? Matikan, what tokala is there? Tikan bedokin shebaayin. Eliba de Rebbe Akiva. So if there's a cataract in that, I usually translate dokin shebaayin as a cataract. It's, it's a form of moom that's very you know, hard to see because it's in his eye. According to Rebbe Akiva, to Amar Im Alu Lo he says there too, if an animal that had a cataract, dokin shebaayin, Goes the mizbeach, we don't bring it down. This reminds us, of course, of what famous story? Dokin Shabayin. I'm seeing some glimmers of recognition, but I don't have a lot of guys here. The guys on Zoom got it already. Dokin Shabayin, Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Bar Kamsa inflicts a Dokin Shabayin. Well, or he, he cut the tongue, maybe, or he put a Dokin Shabayin, maybe, in the carbon that Rome sent to test the Jewish people. Rome sends a carbon to test if, we are, if the Jewish people were still loyal to Rome. If they're going to offer the carbon, then we, we think they're still loyal. So Bar Kamsa puts a mum in that carbon so the Jewish people will not offer that. And it's a Dokin Shabayin. So we see the, the Romans took Karbanos very seriously. They were into Karbanos also, as they were doing it to test us. But we see from here that, according to Rabbi Akiva, if they had taken that carbon, and they shouldn't have slaughtered it, but if they'd accidentally, mistakenly slaughtered it or got the, you know, the kids, the, the junior Kohani, the Pirche Gehuna, to slaughter it, you know, and didn't tell them about it, and then they put it up by accident... You wouldn't have to bring it down. It would have been a good carbon. Bidiyevit, according to Rabbi Akiva. So it's, it's an amazing to realize that that was a juncture in history where there was a halachic path they could have taken. Remember, it was a debate there. It's a Gemara in Gitin and, uh, about what happened. And the Sanhedrin met, and they said, should we, should we kill Bar Kamsa? No, you're not high of Misa for putting a mum in a carbon. Should we offer it anyway? No, it's a Pasuk. And you know, it, was, it was a whole debate there. But they could have said, listen, Rabbi Akiva says, Dogen Shabayin im alu So maybe we should have the Pirkei just throw it up there and, and Shalom Yisrael. But we see because they didn't do that, we see that it was, out of our, it was out of our hands. It was out of the hands of the Jewish people at that point. Because Hashem had decided, Hashem had made a gezeira that history should go in a certain direction. So even though there was this halachic escape hatch, we, we didn't go through it. Because Hashem had already goes through gezeira. And you know, Hashem should continue to show us but you see this. There are many junctures in history where what if things had gone that way? Well, things didn't go that way because Hashem has a, has a greater plan and we're all, we're all part of it. We're living in it. So that's Dokin Shabayin. Im Alulu according to Rabbi Kiva. So what if Shachtu Venimsa Trefa Beseser? They shechted this animal and it was found to be a Trefa internally. It had a hole in the intestines, a hole in the, in the lungs. Potter, so he's, he's Potter. That means if it had a revealed treifa, he's chayev. So what's, what's the deal? If you shecht an animal that already had a treifa, it was missing a, a leg, a thigh, it had an obvious hole in the skull, it was, it's already a treifa, you know that. So slaughtering it, what does it, what does it help? It's no longer a nevela. So it, it's a treifa, but it's not a nevela. Now it's funny because we, in modern parlance, we use nevela and treifa generically. Anything not kosher, oh, it's nevela, it's treifa. They're totally different things. So a nevela is basically something that dies without shechita. 
So the deer that runs across the street and gets hit by a truck, Nebuch, he's in the Vela now. Now, it could have been a perfectly kosher deer. There could be nothing wrong with that deer. He's totally healthy. He's a vigorous deer. He was going to live to 120, but the truck got him first, so he's in Nevela. He was killed not through shechita. You could have a, you could have a cow, and he gets a totally kosher chasidish shechita with all the chumras, a beautiful shechita, but they open it up, and there's a bunch of holes in the lungs. So that's a trefa. It's a trefa. It's a trefa that got a shechita. It's mamish a trefa. So both of those are not kosher, but one for Nevela, one for trefa. And the, and the advantage to doing the shechita here is that it's not metame. A, treif, a trefa is not tame. But a nevela is tame. So if you've got this animal in the base of Mikdash, you don't want to spread tuma everywhere. So giving the slaughter would be an advantage. So even the manda amar and Shabbos, that mekolka bechabura putter, that simply breaking things is putter, here he's still chayev because he's taken away the tuma of nevela. Maskevla Ravina, Ravina has a problem with this. Hadatanya, but there's a baraisa that says, a shochet chatas b'shabes b'chutz. So this guy's trying to win the Avera Olympics, so he takes a carbon chatas that needs to be in the temple, he slaughters it bachutz, outside of the temple, and it's on Shabbos, so he's not allowed to do that, he can't slaughter chatas on Shabbos anyway, and it's l'shem avodazara. So this guy's got a lot of problems he needs to work through with a professional, but he's doing three Averas at once. Matikim. So you're going to tell me he is chayev? According to the Mandamar, if it's totally destructive, he's pater, why is he chayev here? Matikin. Because this, the meat this animal is no longer Eber Minachai. So now a Ben Noach could actually eat from this Shechita. So he's done, he's done something. So he could be high enough. Good. Two dots. Shechtu v'naida, if they shechted it, and then it become, they become known that they didn't have an owner anymore. They didn't have people to eat this carbon anymore. They deregistered. They weren't available. Amar of Chuna, Amar of Asham, Shinitakleria. A Asham, which is a guilt offering that's put out to pasture. And then they went ahead and they shechted this put out to pasture asham kasher la'ola. It can go up on the mizbeach as an ola. So you see he holds, we don't need to uproot the original designation of the asham, change it to an ola. If that's so, so even if it wasn't put out to pasture yet, we should also be able to bring it at stam and treat it as an ola. Gezerah, so we make a gezerah, we need to be careful. We're going to explain this better in a minute. There's a gezerah after kapara to before kapara, so even after kapara, we don't want to go ahead and pull an asham out of the field and use it as a carbon. Minatemra, uh, and how do we know this applies? It's not in the Mishnah, says asham. So here's what we're going to explain. In asham, a guilt offering, shemetu balav, that the owners of it died, ocean is kapra balav. Or they got a kapara. So what happened? The first animal got lost. So the owners who needed the asham, they went ahead and got a second animal and got their kapara through the second animal. And then they found the original animal. What do we do? Yire achiyastav. You put it out to pasture until it gets a mum. V'yamakar. And you sell it because now it's chulin. It can't be a carbon because it has a mum. V'yiblu damav l'ndava. And the value of it becomes a ndava and you use it for an ola. So you see these, these animals put out to pasture to get a mum. They're going to become an ola indirectly. So we see that, so too, he says, Bidyevit, if you went ahead and tried to make it an Ola right now, it's going to work, because after it gets a mum, you're going to sell it and make the money into an Ola. Rabbi Leazar Omer Yamas. Rabbi Leazar says you have to kill the animal. Meshua Omer Yamakir. He says, sell the animal. V'yabi bedzamav Ola. And you bring from its money an Ola. We call it the Ketzam Mizbeach, a dessert for the Mizbeach. When the Mizbeach's not busy, you bring these, these Olas Nedava, these, these gift offerings. Uh, ola bedzamav. Um... Uh, so according to Rishu, you could bring with the money of this animal an ola, but itself should not be brought as an ola. So that's that's not consistent with what Rav Huna says. Uh, so we see there was a gezerah 
of even after the owners got kapara with a di- with a different animal, substitute animal, atulifne kapara to before kapara when they haven't when they haven't uh, got a kapara yet with another animal, this still stands to be an asham. Shmamina. So we see that we do have a gezerah. So Rav Huna has a problem with Rav Huna's uh, teaching that it could become an ola. From our Mishnah. They slaughtered the Pesach and they realized there's no owners anymore. The owners went to a different group. Mashu Balev Es Yadam, turning over. They withdrew from the group, so it's no longer a valid Pesach. Tanei Allah, and we taught about that statement. Behold, if it's a weekday, it's not on Shabbos. Kihai Gavna, and all the owners withdrew. We slaughtered the Pesach thinking there were people going to eat it. We find out they all withdrew to a different group. Yisarf Miyad, we're going to burn it right away because it's a Psul Beguf. And uh, Rashi points out, you don't have to wait until the, the appearance of it changes. So, even though it would be a shlamim here, it, you can't be a shlamim because a shlamim can't be brought after the tamid shalim The only carbon we bring after the afternoon tamid is a Pesach. So here, a Pesach without any owner is a Pesach. Stam is, is a shlamim if it doesn't have any owners, but here we can't bring it as a shlamim. So it's puzzle, it's psul baguf. So on a weekday, we'd burn it Immediately on Shabbos, we can't do that. We'd have to wait because we're not going to burn things on Shabbos with, if it's not absolutely required. If you tell me it needs an uprooting of the original designation, <clears throat> this was originally a Pesach, and now it's a Pesach with no eater, so it becomes Mamela Ashlamim. Hi Pesachu, it was originally a Pesach. Came on delay volume, but since it has no owners, it becomes possible Begoof because a Pesach no owners is a Shlamim. You can't bring a Shlamim. He slaughtered this animal. After the the tamid of Arbaim, so now it's a puzzle shlamim and it's a psul baguf, so we're supposed to burn it immediately. and that is why we have to burn it miyad immediately on a weekday at least. If you tell me we don't need to change the original designation of this pesach mireisha havale shlamim, it was originally a shlamim psulo mishum So why is it puzzle? Why do you have to burn it mishum davar acher because of something else? Because it doesn't, it's not a pesach anymore. Because it was slaughtered after the tamid of the af- the afternoon tamid, and that's why it's a puzzle shlomim, not because the meat itself, not because the animal itself is puzzle from being a carbon. Um, so So because its puzzle is not inherent in the animal, it needs an ibor tsura. It needs to be left over to change appearance, and then we're going to burn it. It's, it's a sign of respect for the kodshim. We're not going to burn them right away unless the psul is inherent in that animal. The tiny, like the Bryce explains, Zayaklaw, Kolshe Pesula Begufo, Yisarf Miyad. A carbon that has a problem inherent in that animal itself. That animal shouldn't have been a carbon. We're going to burn it right away. It's a good review from our Zvachim days, just uh, two years ago about. Bidamu volume, if the Psul is with the blood or with the owners, Tubart Sarasso. So you have to wait for its appearance to change before you burn it. For example, they spilled the blood, they did the blood applications incorrectly. The owners passed away, they got a kapar with a different animal, so there's no longer connection there with the dam or the bailim, so you have to wait to Bartsraso and then you then Vyatsu the basis right, but then you take it out to the place of burning to get rid of the carbon. But don't tell me Stam Kosher but you can't tell me that if he slaughtered an animal stam, this asham, going back to the asham, it can become a valid ola. Uh, it has to be slaughtered it for the sake of an Ola. So he says, Rav Huna, you're wrong. You have to have to actually change the designation from the Asham to an Ola. That would be kosher. That would be a kosher Ola. Alma Bayakira. So you see it requires an uprooting of the original designation for Asham to Ola. 
Bargamta, we're going to have kashas on the statement. We threw it out from the mouth of the group. That means we're unanimously agreed on this halacha. So what happened with this Pesach is the owners were Tamei Meis. So, but not everybody was Tamei Meis. Remember, if the majority of Kuala Yisrael is Tamei Meis, we, we do the Pesach in Tuma. But here it's a minority. It's just a few guys are Tamei Meis. So we push them off. So we push them off to Pesach Sheini. So this pace, the original Pesach, or Pesach Rishon, needs to uproot, change the designation. But a regular one, you don't need to change the designation. So an Asham could theoretically be changed to an Ola. So it's not like Rabbi Chia Bargamta. What are we dealing with here? He, they designated this carbon Pesach before Chatzos on the 14th of Nisan, and all the people registered to eat this carbon, they passed away, Nebuch, uh, after Chatzos. Since it's after Chatzos, it was the time of Shechitas carbon Pesach, and now it's Nidche, and now it's pushed off. They can't, they can't bring this carbon Pesach anymore. This animal is pushed aside because there's no owners, there's no group anymore to eat this animal. Anything that was appropriate, it had its moment in the sun, and now it's pushed aside. There's no owners for this animal to eat it. It can't be kosher anymore, so it doesn't need to be have the designation actually changed. Is that really the reason? So Rav says, are not pushed off. What if the animal's still alive? It's still sitting there, go, you know, talking and eating and chewing grass. Then it can't be pushed aside, even though the owners passed away. Elamar of Papa, ha mani Rebbe Yezer. He, this is Rebbe Yezer. Tamar kol shochet acherim l'shem pesach pasul. That's going back to a Mishnah. Rebbe Yezer says any animal you slaughter for the sake of a pesach, it's pasul. It's not a good carbon, so therefore on Shabbos it's also chayiv. Tahavale pesula begufo. It's a pasul in the goof trying to shecht a different animal, a shlamim and ola, a chagiga for the sake of a pesach. It's a pasul in the goof. And it should be burned immediately. E Rabbi Ezer, he chatas nami mechayev. Rabbi Ezer say chatas also he bechayev. Dachal leisle the Rabbi Ezer toy bedavar mitzvah because he doesn't hold like Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Meir's concept toy bedavar mitzvah pot is potter. Elatirgama Rabbi Yosef berei de Rav Sola Chasida. So Rabbi Yosef says uh, in the name of of Rav. Uh, uh, Sorry, Rav Yosef says uh, the son of Rav Salah Hasida, Kameidur of Papa, Ha'amani Yosef ben Chonaihi. This is the halacha of Yosef ben Chonai, the Tzlan who teaches in the Mishnah. Yosef ben Chonai Amer, Hanishchatin l'shem Pesach. They slaughtered it for the sake of a Pesach, l'shem Chatas, or for a Chatas Psulim. It, it's puzzle. They're trying to change the designation. Alma Psula Begufahi. You see, it's a puzzle in the goof, and that's why it's Mishim Chachi Yisar from Yad. That's why it should be burned immediately. Uh, but for being putter, he does hold like Rabbi Yeshua. So since he's trying to do a mitzvah with his animal, he's putter like Rabbi Yeshua, even though it's not a valid carbon, and that's why you still have to burn it immediately. Rav Ashi Amar Rav, De Amar Rabbi Yishmael Benoshel Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. De Tanya Rabbi Yishmael Benoshel Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. Omer, he says, Im shachus biyom. Now this is an interesting chilek. He says, if there's enough time in the day remaining, Leida to find out in Mashku Bailim as Yadehim to find out if they withdrew from this animal, if the group registered this animal withdrew, Oshem Mesu, Oshem or they died or they passed away, Chayev. 
he would be chayev. Now, our Mishnah said he's potter because he shechted the animal, assuming they're still alive, they're still tahar, they're still ready to eat this thing. And then only after he slaughtered it, they find out that the owner, all the owners of this carbon, Nebuch passed away, or Nebuch became tame, or they changed another carbon. So he's chayev because he had enough time to find out. And this is interesting because very soon we're going to have a temple again, and we're going to have to keep track of all this. So I, I assume that the programmers are already working on the app that will the, 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 all the Pesachim, the Paschal lambs, will have a little barcode, and you'll scan it with your phone to register onto the Pesach. And then in the app, you, you have to click a button if you became Tame, so then they'll know that you're not registered that. So then if everyone in the group becomes Tame, they'll click the button in their app, and they'll realize that this particular lamb has no one registered, and they'll have to re-register, they'll have to figure it out, they will know not to slaughter that one if there, no one can register. So we're going we're gonna to keep track of it with, with real time, you know, with, with barcodes, and it'll, it'll be very gishmak. So I, I hope the programmers are working on this already, you know, for, for tracking the inventory in the base of Mikdash, because you see it can become very complicated. So there, if he had enough time to find out if they died or became Tame or they withdrew, so he's Chayev, two birds are also, and you have to wait until it changes its appearance. Yes, the base is right, but then take it out to be burned. My taima, love mishum delo bayakira. So you see, you don't need to change the designation of the Pesach to something else before you burn it, and it's psul begufa. I mean, my, so how do you know that's a proof? Dilma mishum de savarla. Maybe it's because he holds ketana deve rabba bar avua. Maybe he holds like this tana de amar afilu pigel nami by ibertsura. So that's a, a very uh, extreme opinion that even a pigel, now pigel is when the Kohen had a a machshava, an intention during the slaughter to do it wrong, to do it, do it, to the meat will be consumed out of the time or out of bounds, and it's puzzle. It's inherently now the meat of this carbon is inherently puzzle. It's not a valid carbon at all. It's what we call pigle, that the Cohen really messed it up with his intention during the time of slaughter, and he says even that one is not burned immediately, even though that's obviously a puzzle begoof of the carbon. Rather, you have to wait for ibritsura, for a change of appearance of this animal before you take it out to the basis, right, and burn it. That's respectful of the kodshim. Diyalif avun avun minosar, because he learns this out from nosar. There's a gzereshava, avun appears by nosar, and avun appears by pigle, and by nosar is leftover meat. So nosar is not something that we, that was psul already, it was something that was kosher once, mm-hmm. and now it's beyond the time limits. So, some karbanos are just a day and a night, and some are day, night, day. So after that time limit, it's nosar, and it can't be eaten, has to be burned, but you didn't burn it right away. It wasn't yasar from yad. It was you had to wait for it to become nosar and then burn it afterwards. So he compares pigle and all of the psulim to nosar, that you have to wait for all of them, even for pigle, until it changes appearance, until you're gone to that, after that time limit, and then you burn it. Dilote mahachi, if you don't tell me that is his source, nitmu bailim, if the owners of the Pesach got tamay, ma'ikul memar. So what would you say? Uh, you would have to really change the designation of their Pesach to something else in order for it to be Yasarf Miyad, to be Psula Beguf, and needs to be burned Miyad. Amar Bar Gamda, going back to what Revchia Bar Gamda said, we unanimously agreed it was Nizrukabiyahabura, we threw it out with one mouth, that the owners of this carbon Pesach were Tame Mace, had been contaminated from a dead body, so they're going to be pushed aside. Benidhu the Pesach Sheni that they're pushed aside, that's when it needs an uprooting. So we see Ba'alma, you don't have to change the designation of a carbon Pesach to cause it to become a Pesul Baguf in Yisarf Miyad, Elem Echavartek, Edeshani Me'ekorah, Yosef ben Chonai. So we see that the Kasha and Rav Huna was from Yosef ben Chonai. So Baruch Hashem, we finish up the Perach, Hadron, Allah, Elu, Devarim, kind of race through at the end there, but uh, Baruch Hashem, we finished, and tomorrow we start Ketzad Solin. So tomorrow, get your barbecues ready. I know it's still snowing outside, but Ketzad Solin, get your barbecues ready, your bow side.